Join me, Chelsea Erson, on season three of my podcast, Dear Young Rocker. Tune in to hear some of my favorite musicians tell stories from their awkward musical beginnings, reconnect with the teenager they used to be, and remember what it's like to fall in love with your favorite band for the first time. Listen to Dear Young Rocker Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When we introduce ourselves and say our names, that isn't something that we ever take for granted. Hey, my name is Sam. You know, I, I do that every day. And it sounds simple, right? Or, like, you know, what if you have a name that is really hard to pronounce and people always mess it up? I mean, that's so annoying, right? And you would think it was rude or, like, you would correct people. But what if your gender identity was the thing that people were constantly flubbing? When it comes to pronouns, a lot of people make mistakes. We have big expectations to fit in. There are a lot of standards of beauty, but most people trying to fit one standard. The most difficult thing is not comparing yourself. If somebody calls me he, him, I've gotten to the point where I'm confident enough to correct them. And we, we try one as sort hard of preventative can, measure yeah. I've created you know, for myself hard. is Do everything, myself You're going through life and it's tough, but what's gonna happen to you? How do you get through it? Does anyone even understand? I wish someone could tell me what to do. Hi, I'm Samantha Logan, and this is We Got You, a podcast for kids whose hard questions are answered by the older teenage kids who have already been through it. Cisgender, star gender, transgender, non-binary, he, she, them, there. Why is all of this such a big deal? Well, fact, using someone's correct pronouns is as important to them as using their own name. And that's why it's a big deal. Recognition is as, if not more important than, support as an ally for the LGBTQ plus community. My guest today is 15-year-old Bassie. Bassie came out as non-binary at the age of 14. And even then, they knew who they were. This is their journey. My name is Bassie. I'm 15 years old, and I'm from Brooklyn, New York. In middle school, that was a time when I was going through a lot of different phases, and I'm a super different person now. Adolescence, in general, just, it's a time for experimenting and like it's the time when you're learning a lot about the world at a very fast pace and you're learning a lot about like social structures and just other people and through that kind of learning about yourself and changing that leads to you trying out different things and like maybe you dress a certain way or you act a certain way or you like develop certain mannerisms or you speak a certain way that's just like different than you have before Something that happened to me that kind of changed me in middle school was I came out as non-binary when I was 14 and I was really doubtful of myself. My gender identity changed and the way I interact with other people changed. The way I think about myself changed. It's hard to 
be a certain way like all of your life and then all of a sudden it changes it's it's really sudden like for you and for the people who you tell sort of, it's it's like i'm grasping at different parts of my identity and trying to like hold them close and like find more and like just like sort of find myself and now i'm a little bit more focused on like trying to be who i truly am and now that i know more about myself i appreciate how i'm different from other people so in middle school there were maybe like three trans people in my entire grade and you know i'd had somebody like come out to me as trans i i didn't really think anything of it because i sort of knew that i was supposed to accept it i knew what trans was and i just never thought of it in the context of me and it took me a while to realize that like maybe I'm not cisgender then there was this week kind of near the end of freshman year where I started thinking a lot about my hair and I've done some crazy things with my hair and never before had I wanted so badly for my hair to be short and the reason that's kind of a big deal for me is because when i was younger my mom she made me have a pixie cut until 4th grade because it was just easier to maintain and i absolutely hated it i hated it so much and for me to like want to go back to having like short hair was a big deal cuz it was just like me discovering how to be me self expression and identity are like really closely connected and now expressing myself through like my clothing is really important for me and it didn't used to be that led into me thinking more about my gender and my gender expression and then a little bit afterwards i came out as non-binary I think phases for a teenager is kind of it's we don't like that word so much because it sort of demeans the growth that we're going through because when we express ourselves through like these phases in like air quotes it's genuine expression you know if you are listening to like this rock music because you're like super angry at the world that's very genuine to how you are feeling it might be like experimenting but it's still genuine phases should be taken seriously because otherwise you feel like you aren't being taken seriously and you aren't being seen and then you don't get the respect that you deserve like my parents they didn't use the correct pronouns for a really long time because they didn't think it was that big of a deal and they didn't really take it seriously but like now they do so it's much better and i feel a lot better I was really lucky that people were really happy for me and at school what happened is when I would tell people they would just immediately start using my pronouns which was I cannot tell you how good it felt that people were just automatically like using my pronouns and not hesitating and something that's really validating is when people don't have to think about it because it makes me feel like more normal I think it takes an open mind to be accepting of non-binary people and non-binary people in the search for that like perfect self-expression 
have like expressed themselves a lot of different ways by like you know using all sorts of pronouns that are like not even they them they're just very different nouns which is like really hard for people to grasp they're like how can this be real and you really don't know how it's real until it's you and generally i still find myself challenged by keeping an open mind with people who are non-binary even though i'm not binary because if somebody tells you that their gender is like star gender you're like what how does that make sense but it, it makes sense for them it's like harder for my parents to like you know they were in doubt for a little bit of time which is my fault because they thought it might have been a fake and I had to like clear that up because otherwise you know they wouldn't take it seriously I would tell someone having the same feelings as me that you feel much better after you come out it's really something that you just have to get over with and Honestly, it's something that you have to get over with millions of times because there's always going to be somebody who doesn't know that you have to tell. It's hard to, you know, actively like be on and do and like always catch the pronouns, like always correct people and it makes you feel like, "Oh, am I like the pronoun police?" Like, I hope not. I would tell my younger self to focus on my happiness because I'll never be happy unless I am actively trying to help myself be happy. Like, and I'm changing my surroundings or changing who I'm friends with. If it makes a difference, then I should do it. So now is the part of the show where we take questions from you out there. We ask kids to age 9 through 13 around the country through various networks to submit, and we had lots of responses. So if you would like to submit a question for future episodes, DM us on our Instagram account, We Got You Show. For today's panel of experts, Bassie is also joined by Cass, who was on the show for the first time, and her pronouns are she, her. It may be good to know that some questions may be delicate or like even insensitive or feel like deeply personal to any trans or non-binary person. And it's okay to be curious, but remember to always treat the topic with great care and empathy. My background is I'm from Brooklyn and I would say that throughout high school, um, I was in a perpetual state of uh, kind of trying to transition um, a little bit. And I found it really difficult, sort of given that I was the only person who was LGBT plus in any way, really. And um, it, it was just very difficult for me. More recently, I go by she, her. And basically, as I've been here at college, sort of found a, a place where I feel most comfortable. And I think speaking to the discussion that you said about um, phases or quote unquote phases, uh, I, I would still say that I'm growing, but nonetheless, I feel very comfortable in my lived experience right now. And I'm happy and, and open and out. Actually, I think 
calling them phases is like a little problematic, like adolescent phases. Cause like, as Cass pointed out, you know, people are always growing and like, I mean, I have phases like just like monthly, like (laughs) I like, you know, pick up new hobbies and stuff. And I know my parents do as well. So it's like, you know, it's just a universal, just a human thing. How do you deal with people being unknowingly insensitive to being trans or non-binary? Well, when it comes to pronouns, a lot of people make mistakes clearly unintentional. I tend to react to that with kindness. If somebody calls me he, him, I've gotten to the point where I'm confident enough to correct them. I surround myself with people who almost consistently get it right so that they can model how to refer to me around others who might not know. Purposefully misgendering someone, um, that's almost like an alarm. I'm not a hostile person and I, I don't, I'm not going to be hostile in that case either, of course. Um, ultimately, like most people are going to try their best. And so I tend to want to surround myself with those people. I tend to, to avoid getting hurt by misgendering and jokes about gender that are like offensive. I just tend to avoid spaces like on the internet and in person where I think that I'll find that, which is, you know, not great that I have to like avoid places, but it is what it is. And I have to, you have to like take care of yourself, even if it's like hard to remove yourself from someone or it's like awkward to be like, sorry, I just can't like deal with you anymore. Like you kind of have to do that for yourself. One welcome um, practice is for me at least is asking my pronouns out the gate. Um, that gives me an indication that this person will be considerate of that, that they're aware um, that not everybody has the the pronouns that are projected onto them by, by others' minds. Um, and that openness and non-assumption is always wonderful for me. I agree. I think... Uh, if somebody asked me my pronouns when they're introducing themselves, like that would make me feel so like welcome and like it would make me feel really great because it's so it's difficult for me. I get self-conscious about introducing myself with my pronouns because it feels even though I know it's not true, it feels as though I'm like inserting my gender into like a conversation where we're not talking about about gender you know, it's just something you should know about me that's, like, as important as my name almost. It's a big part of me. I think that's a really good comparison. It's almost like name number two, because when you first meet somebody, you want to know how to refer to them, and pronouns is, like, a a secondary part of that, almost, like another name. Side note, as this is kind of an advanced question, I... I'm so impressed that you guys asked this. Um, Gender dysphoria is any distress that one feels surrounding their gender identity. Next question. For some people, gender is very black and white. And for others, it isn't. And what does that feel like? What does being trans feel like? You know, like the process of being trans is gender dysphoria something that comes up for you? For the record, I think it's just important to say that like 
this is a podcast and I'm agreeing to talk about this. Um, and so you probably, you know, you should be careful about asking a trans person about this, like in conversation, it's a personal thing, you know? So it's not something you like every trans person, like you just go up to them and they're like, they have to tell you like, you know, it's something that's sensitive for some people. It's not as sensitive for me. So I think it's important that I should share what it's like. Um, as far as gender dysphoria, if it's something you associate with the gender you were assigned at birth and it makes you like deeply upset and like so uncomfortable and you just like thinking about it like makes you scream or like that that's sort of what it feels like. It took me a while to figure it out. But I think it's something that if it fits, it just, it fits. You know, you just, you take it, you question it, you just hold it for a while. And, you know, if it's not you, you just, you don't have to think about it ever again. But if it is you, then you just keep like thinking about it and figuring it out. Right. Um, And it's not something that I recommend um, any cis person or like non-trans person sort of come up and casually bring up with another with like a trans person um because uh dysphoria can unfortunately um come in the form of like hurt and and um like depression and like arguably suffering for at different levels for different people um not all trans people experience dysphoria um and also many trans people experience it intensely and it can be a very uh a personal struggle for them uh as for what that feels like it's different for different people or even just like you know like tomorrow you woke up one day and then um you were that like how scary would that be um how like what what thoughts would go through your head if you knew or it happened suddenly that like tomorrow you were sort of unrecognizably not a representation of who you are and who you know yourself to be sometimes for some people it's more of a of of a physical experience like their body just feels wrong for other trans people, it's clothes and expression. Um, for me, uh, I, for example, knew something was wrong. And part of the reason why I, I didn't call myself she, her for so long was because um, I never really had the opportunity to experiment that much with femininity until I went to college. Frankly, something that isn't talked about uh, with trans people is gender euphoria, which is the experience of sort of rightness and gender, um, which I would, I would imagine a lot of people can sort of understand that experience. But for trans people, it can be very, very cathartic and um, wonderful to sort of uh, experience the sense of, ah, yes, this feels right. I mean, I would generally actually recommend that like people don't necessarily wait until college. Perhaps others might disagree with me. I agree with you. I don't think you should wait until college if you're like sure about what pronouns you want, what name you want. Then I think it's really helpful to start 
transitioning um, and not waiting until you feel like super, super safe because it's always going to feel like a little bit of a risk, if, even if you're in a safe environment. But it's so, so gratifying to have a teacher like remember your pronouns or like call you the name you want. And nobody should be deprived of that. You know, you shouldn't deprive yourself of that if you can. I've gotten better at it over time. I've gotten better at like telling people um, when I meet them, like, you know, my pronouns, my name. My name, Bassy, is like a nickname of my name, my birth name. So I've always had to tell people, like, actually, my name is Bassy. This is, and then, you know, they're like, Betsy, is it, is it Bessie? And I'm like, no. So <laughs> I've always had to do that. And so I think that was like good practice. <laughs> so now I'm like better at it. You know, it, every time it's like easier. Is there anything you would think that would be helpful for kids and really all people for that matter to know? Questions about coming out are always interesting to me because there's this idea that a trans and or non-binary person comes out once and then they're out. Um, Whereas uh, coming out is a more gradual process and at times you're even just constantly coming out to people in a sense that like when you meet somebody you have to (laughs) bring up that you're trans Um, and in other cases like you might tell some of your closest circle um, but you're not out to the school or you might not be out to your parents Um, so noting here that coming out isn't necessarily like a one and done experience you just have to do what what feels safe because that's always important is keeping yourself safe it's helpful when someone's coming out to you um to like match their energy because it's like a really vulnerable thing and it's like if you don't handle it right like you know you might cause hurt to that person so always you know if they're like really excited then you can be really excited or if they're like, you know, it's like a more low-key thing and they like are trying to seem like they don't care, then like you seem like you don't care, you know, um, to make sure that you're being sensitive to what they need. I like that phrasing, match their energy. I, there, I mean, there have been many times where I've come out and I didn't want it to be a big deal. So yeah, matching energy is important. <laughs> when I was 13 or around that age, Um, really, really caring about what people saw in me and wanting to become the thing that everybody wants me to be. Um, And that was scary because if I already understand sort of who I want to be and it, it doesn't work with how I think people expect of me, what, what ways can I assert myself so that they, they can become on the same page. Um, I think that was a question that I didn't really ask, you know, because people usually say like, oh yeah, you need to ask yourself what you want. Well, I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know how to assert that so that everybody who expected things from me could understand like, oh, maybe I should adjust my expectations Um, and not in a disappointing way, just in a different way. 
Okay, so I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to We Got You. We Got You is a podcast that gives a voice to every kid out there who doesn't have anyone to go to for advice, who might be scared to ask their friends, older siblings, or parents for help. We're here for you. And remember that right now is just a tiny part of your life and you will get through it. Tune in for the next episode where we speak with six young men who, after an enormous tragedy with the loss of a friend, opted to make a change in their community. If you want a chance to have your questions answered or appear on our show, submit your questions via DM on our Instagram at WeGotYouShow or visit us at WeGotYouShow.com. Trevor Text is a confidential and secure resource that provides live help for LGBTQ plus youth with a trained specialist over text messages. Text START to 67867. That's START to 67867. We Got You is sponsored by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with special thanks to PRX and Tracks for Support. Production assistant is Carolina Garrigo. Theme music by Dima. Original composition by Dimitri Livman, Ollie Chang, and Guy Brown. Music edit, sound design, and mixed by Rob Ballingle. Dialogue edit by Michelle Medias. And music supervision by Justin Morris. We Got You is created, written, and produced by Hallie Petro and Brandon Leganke in association with Sonic Union NYC. Till next time, this is Samantha Logan saying, We Got You. Support for tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.